It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, welcome to this episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe, your host and the creator of this award-winning show. And it's my aim in every episode to help you find ways to improve your e-commerce business. So thanks for tuning in because it's great to be able to help you. And what I'd love is if you could let me know how the show helps you. Just let me know via social media with the hashtag, hashtag e-com master plan. So that's E-C-O-M master plan. Now, we've recently been ranking really high in the podcast charts in both Ireland and Portugal. So if you're a long-time listener in Portugal or Ireland, thank you for helping us rank. And if you're a new listener in Portugal or Ireland who's found us at the top of the charts, then thanks so much for choosing to tune in. It's great to have all of you listening. In today's episode, we're talking homewares, we're talking mail order, we're talking a lot about social media, we're going to be talking catalogue testing, uh, what else are we going to be talking about? Oh, um, upgrading your software, so when you're moving your web platform, um, we're going to be talking about great software you might want to try to improve the performance of your website, huge amount of stuff. I'm chatting to a very knowledgeable head of e-commerce today, and there's a lot you're going to take from this one. Now, before we get into that, though, here's our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Clavio gives you the tools to get growing faster. That's why it's trusted by over 38,000 e-commerce brands. Build your contact lists and emails that pop and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Do you, like me, have a bit of a software tools habit? Well, I love a good tool and the impact it can have on my business. For me, a good tool is one that solves a problem we have, that can save me and my team time, that improves performance and where the price is 100% worth it. That's why I've always got an eye on the latest tools to appear on AppSumo. Not heard of it? AppSumo is a site where you can buy key software tools for your business once and own them forever. For example, we use a tool I bought from AppSumo in 2020 for $49 to schedule all our Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook posts. In fact, whilst creating and promoting this very episode, me and the team will have used at least 10 tools I've bought from AppSumo. I'm a big fan. So go on, check out what's on offer right now by going to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. That's ecmp.info slash A-P-P-S-U-M-O. And I bet you'll find a brilliant solution for at least one of your problems. Go to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. And now to introduce today's special guest. Ainsley Pete is the head of e-commerce at Cox & Cox, a UK homeware retailer. The business was founded in 2001 and sales are close to £20 million per year, selling online, mail order and B2B. Hello, Ainsley. Hello, Chloe. And thank you for inviting me to take part. Oh, no, it's, it's great to have you here. We don't, 
we don't speak about homewares as often as I think we should. So um, so it's nice to have someone who sends big boxes out <laughs> to, <laughs> you know, to cover that part of e-commerce. So we'll get into all that in a moment. But before we do, how did you yourself get involved in e-commerce? Yeah, so um, many years ago, um, I was a research chemist, actually, a scientist. So uh, over 20 years ago, uh, internet was all new. And uh, I just started working for a business in Bath who fundamentally really employed scientists to uh, build websites. So I, my first role really was looking at the early days of search engines. So right at that time, Google come along. So really showing my age. So I was looking at uh, search engines, um, getting traffic to websites and uh, data analysis. And from there, really, I, I worked in several industries. Uh, but fundamentally, really, in the last uh, 10 years or so, I've worked in uh, online retail and uh, looked at kind of catering supplies with uh, Nisbits in the UK. Also a local shoe company, Ladies Footwear in Froome. And for the last four years, I've been at Cox & Cox, where I've headed up the uh, e-commerce team. That's quite diverse experience there, from scientist to SEO to uh, to to trade sales through shoes and then finally to furniture. You, you've ticked a lot of the e-commerce boxes there. Yeah, so yeah, tourism as well. Yeah, so yeah, fundamentally tourism, property as well. So yeah, good all-hand experience across different uh, sectors of online. So yeah, it's it's been a growing area for many people. Obviously, it's now really strong in terms of online sales and online retail. So I've been very fortunate on my journey. Yeah, I think if, you know, if, if all of us who've been in this industry for, you know, 10, 15 years, if we were all to look back, we've been we've been incredibly lucky at the time we were born in born, I suppose, you know, to get the opportunities and the experiences we have. It's um, it's, it's been an interesting decade or so uh, <laughs> but before we get too reminiscent, um, we should probably talk about Cox and Cox. So. Um, I mentioned that you're in the UK. Do you ship only to the UK or are you overseas as well? Yeah, um, so we uh, mainly ship into the UK. In fact, UK is probably uh, 98% of our, our business. Uh, we do ship into Europe and from time to time into the rest of the world. But for us, really, it is a challenge that a lot of our products are heavy goods items. So a customer could be ordering some 200 pound dining chair but the cost of the shipment would be 50 pounds so it's just not cost effective really so our, our main focus is uk customers and uh, you know we do send out mail order catalogs as well to drive traffic to our website mm -hmm. and i mentioned um, in the intro that you do kind of trade sales the b2b side of it as well are you handling that via e-commerce or is that an offline sales channel? yeah so a present for us is, is purely um e-commerce but we, we do take orders over the phone for um to kind of a trade element but it's an area for us to grow into really and, and to focus over this this next year really i think uh, naturally we've just fallen into trade sales uh, into um, kind of various businesses for homeware but I, I think this will be a growth area for us over the uh, the coming year and hopefully over the coming years so it's going to be a good challenge for us to face up to okay and um what platform are you using to do all this on? Are you a Shopify, a Magento, something bespoke or something else? Yeah, so at Cox & Cox, we're um, Magento too. And we were one of the, not one of the first, but fundamentally really, we've been on Magento 2 for almost three years. So we went live in August 2017. So Cox & Cox previously were using uh, Magento 1. We were using Magento 1 for uh, our ERP system 
and also our WMS, our warehouse management system. So as a business, we were growing and expanding. So we had to look at new technologies. So for Cox & Cox, at the same time, we did the Magento 2 build. But on the same day, we also went live with NetSuite ERP system and a new WMS. So really, essentially, we ripped out all of our technologies and replaced them in uh, one day of go live. So yeah, that really aged me. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did. that's um just to put a website live on one day is quite the the undertaking. But the whole systems that's I assume it was a, it was like a Monday or a Tuesday, and this yeah. wasn't a Friday. Yeah, no, so yeah, when I do go lives like that, yeah, I, I, almost every go live really, if it's fairly major, I always plan it for a Tuesday. Just gives you the Monday to prep it and plan it. Yes, we went live on the Tuesday. Took the website down, Magento One. Um, three o'clock in the morning then by 7 a.m we were back up and trading so we took our order within first five minutes of being live so yeah we're very pleased we went live and we did it all within nine months as well so all of those projects went live within nine months of build wow and you say you know i guys i can see as you're talking here so i saw the big grin on his face when he remembered the fact an order came in within five minutes and it's it's so true that within e-commerce you can test that website as many times as you like and i'm sure you tested it a lot between 3 a.m and, and you know once people in the uk had woken up but it's, it doesn't mean a thing until a real person who you can't see you don't even know where they are until that money actually comes in and there's a huge sigh of relief at that point isn't there oh brilliant a customer can use it yeah and then and then you go into the right what do we do next how do we make it work better? yeah so for us on that day as well so it wasn't just about getting the, the traffic in and the orders it was about once the order hits the e-commerce platform does it then move over to netsuite erp system does it then move over to our wms then can we ship and pick pick, pick it and then uh, distribute but then does it update netsuite and then update magento 2 with the dispatch and kind of confirmation email so yeah it was full on <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it, it, then you're kind of chasing that order through everything yeah. as the, as the yeah. business goes on and um and yeah that's, that's that's a huge huge project would you do it again all three at the same time um it's um it's a good question really i ideally no but in some ways it, it did make it a bit easier because it focused the um, in-house teams so we're a small business so we um we only had four or five kind of key stakeholders testing the implementation stages. So we had the FD, uh, head of merchandising and head of operations. So in some ways, it just focused our minds because we were going live with all these technologies at the same time. The CEO was really behind this. So it kind of reduced the amount of testing, if that made sense, because mm-hmm. fundamentally, really, we were testing all the systems at once. So we, we didn't have to then maybe test Magento 2 and then a year later in test it all again with NetSuite. So we did it all at the same time. So it was completely clean and completely free to test, really. I think the only disadvantages would be that obviously it's a, a big bang. It's a, a big go live on the day. But I think it just does enable you to reshape all your processes to completely clean all your technologies and to just kind of try to get it to build you build as you would want it to build, really. So, yeah. The only other disadvantage as well, really, is that you are reliant on the say the website to be able to generate an order to then hit the ERP system to then go to the WMS. So you, you do have a lot more dependencies with all these technologies going live at the same time. But yeah, I, I think I wouldn't necessarily advise it, but sometimes, you know, maybe it is a good thing because it enables you just to get on and do all the technologies at once. And for Cox and Cox, we once we've done that in that nine month period, we had like issues we had to troubleshoot and fix. 
but really our, our technologies have now been set really for the last three years and i don't envisage us moving just yet any of our technologies yeah which means you can get on with business as usual rather than having a big distracting project going on which you'd probably just have finished doing all three of them by now if you'd done them one after the other maybe which is three years of disruption rather than one year of disruption which which is a big consideration i think yeah i think so yeah i think i mean we did all this in nine months but i think if you were to do an erp system or an e-commerce platform you know, you probably can do it in three or four months, but typically you would require six months. So like you said, really, it's probably two or three months to write the statement of works, sign the contract six months to get live and test. So it would take you two to three years. Yeah. Whereas for us, we did it within you know, a year, nine months, really from contract signing to, to go live. And um, given you've been on Magento 2 for the best part of three years now, I'm guessing you've been taking advantage of the ability to bring additional software into the mix to make this the, the the whole the whole piece work there are there any particular uh, additional partners or additional resources you've been using that you'd like to give a shout out to yes yeah, so for us yeah the key advantage of magento is the kind of diverse marketplace you have and kind of ease of integrations um previously i've worked with uh, salesforce commerce cloud and hybris so it's useful just to compare magento too so it's quick and easy so yeah a lot of the partners we've but we're able to get live since go live. So we use um, we use Nosto product recommendations, uh, Clevu for site search. Um, most recently, we use uh, Clevu for sort order navigation, a product called Smart Navigation. Um, Klarna was easy for us to implement. We, we did that within two weeks. So for me, that's a real key advantage of, of using Magento 2 is the ease of integration and the choices you have. Um, Ametria for emails as well. So, you know, we've got a full stack of... Uh, kind of technology partners and we are or we will continue to look at additional features and additional partners as well as we invest in our website and you got Klarna live in two weeks yes that's yeah. that's impressive for a payment system for something that's that's deep in the checkout that's that's a really quick turnaround but you know for a bigger business as well yeah so um, we had to fall back in from the ceo um to not say pressure, but he wanted to get it live as, <laughs> as possible. So yeah, from my side, I, I, was, I was speaking to Klarna for a period of time. We actually actually had to do a Magento upgrade before we could get Klarna live. So as soon as we did the upgrade, we were away. And within two weeks, yeah, we, we had it live and tested. And uh, again, really within the first hours, we could see the orders come through from Klarna. And we've now been live for uh, six weeks and we're very pleased with the performance to date. I think it just gives us a, uh, potentially a new customer base for us to reach into ease of checkout familiarization of checkouts so yeah i think there's going to be a lot of advantages for cox and cox with klarna moving forward i think that it's it's quite phenomenal what klarna and the and the, have achieved in kind of the the tidal wave of buy now pay later in the uk because i know in, in the us the idea of buy now pay sorry in australia rather the idea of buy now pay later is kind of just everywhere and in Germany, you've got the whole um, different payment models as well. So some countries are really familiar with the buy now, pay later. But in the UK, I don't know if it's because it was always part of the Littlewoods catalogue. Um, but it always felt felt a bit down market. You know, oh, I, I, I don't want to use buy now, pay later. I want to buy it now because I can afford to do that type thing. And it's it, I find it phenomenal, the, the range of websites that are now offering it and the, the consumer demographics that are now embracing the Klarna option. As, as, a con, as consumers are embracing it, not just as us as e-commerce people are, are embracing it, it's um, it's quite quite fascinating to watch it because I think was it like eighteen months ago and none of us had ever even heard of it. 
Yeah, I think, you know, it's, yeah, like you said, uh, familiar in Australian marketplaces with uh, ClearPay and uh, other partners. So, yeah, Klarna, I was attending e-commerce events. Uh, Klarna were regularly there. I was speaking to them for a good year or so. So, yeah, it was really interesting for us, really. And uh, at Cox & Cox, you know, we're always keen to test new features, um, get them live, pivot on them, or, you know, just change, modify, always test. Um, so, yeah, it was... Uh, very easy decision for us to put Klarna live and straight away, you know, we can just monitor Klarna and we'll be monitoring over time really what demographics and what that what that brings to us as a business. Because it is kind of a no-brainer, isn't it? The customer, you know, if you think about part of our I always think about part of our role as driving sales in e-commerce businesses is to find reasons the customers aren't buying and to mitigate them or to remove them. And, you know, delivery is obviously a big part of it, but ability to to pay for it is another one and not just the do i have the money but the the fear factor the you know that oh my gosh i'm committing the money um so it's i guess in many ways it's not surprising how quickly people have, uh, people have embraced it and all the, the websites that it's on but um yeah it's good good to hear from from the horse's mouth that it's working well for you so um so anyone else who's testing it i'd love to hear how you're getting on um, right. Where do we get to? Oh, we got to the team. So you mentioned that you, you're quite a lean team. So um, how many are there at Cox and Cox? And are there any particular things you're outsourcing rather than doing internally? Yes. Yeah, so uh, Cox and Cox is a business, really. We're only 50 full-time employees, um, split more or less 50-50 warehouse staff, um, office staff. Um, so 25 really office staff, e-commerce team. It's probably what I would call true e-commerce, five or six people. So we have a social media uh, manager, uh, marketing assistant, and uh, myself, head of e-commerce. We also have a head of marketing who obviously just touches into e-commerce and uh, another marketing manager. Across the business as well, we also have art workers. So they prepare artwork for um, our mail order catalogs and also artwork for the website. Sorry, I missed that email marketer as well in the marketing team. Then we have merchandisers who merchandise or buy a product and uh, a small buying team as well. And very a small in-house kind of customer service team as well. But we do um, use an external customer service uh, team to help us with uh, customer service queries. But in terms of outsourcing, we outsource um, paid search and also SEO as well. So those are areas really that we just want to go to specialists for. And obviously, someone we can just use their experience and use their knowledge really. And uh, it's been an area of growth for us as well, really, in terms of what we're spending, paid search, and what we're doing, SEO. And I think we'll just be continuing to test that a lot more over the coming months. There's always another stone to turn over in both of those. And, you know, one of the great things about using agencies is you can, you know, you learn what they're doing with other people. And, and they often have a have a line in to some people who know far more in the case of pay-per-click, obviously, with Google or um, or other SEO agencies and, and gurus, etc. So yeah, I can I can imagine once you once you're on the the road and it's working, it just endless ideas and thoughts. But I wanted to come back to you to the fact you have a a social media person in the team because I know social media is something which is always very noisy, but which doesn't often figure on the Google Analytics charts, which means a lot of smaller businesses kind of struggle to justify spending on it. But obviously you've you've got through that battle and decided to spend it because you've got a full-time social media person in the marketing team. So how did the decision to kind of to invest heavily in social media come about? 
Yeah, so uh, I think um, really at Cox & Cox, we've had a, a social media or a PR person um, for the last five or 10 years, really. So we've always been keen to focus. Firstly, it would have been press releases and, and brand. But over the last three or four years, really, we've invested a lot in terms of social media for us. So in terms of Instagram, we're currently 230,000 followers on Instagram. 110,000 followers on Facebook and we you know try to engage with our customer base via these channels um, we invest a lot in terms of photography so we weekly we're holding photo shoots sometimes two or three days a week we're holding photo shoots so I think our products sit quite nicely in terms of social media posting but also as well we you know we like to engage with our customers in terms of you know how you, you should decorate your Christmas tree or how you should be decorating your room and be also starting to generate a lot more user-generated content as well. So we're starting to do a, more, a few more kind of blog pieces, a few more competitions where customers can win vouchers to spend at Cox and Cox if they show us, you know, how they style their rooms, well, ideally with Cox and Cox products, but just always looking out really for uh, you know, marketing activity on our social media channels. So for us, really, we, we're seeing our numbers, um, increase nicely in terms of uh, customers who engage with us via social media but it's also interesting when we do social media posts that uh, you know we can do a post and the next day i can come in and i can see that the users are actually going to cox and cox and searching for these products on the cox and cox website as well so it's interesting that you know the products do link through directly via the social media platforms but also our customers are just coming into the site and, and searching so we're starting to see a bigger um, engagement from social media in terms of products featured, generating sales, but also uh, site searches. And I think as well, it's just bringing down our, our user demographics as well. A lot more customers are using social media. So we are starting to see uh, as well, potentially with Klarna, a, a younger customer base come into Cox & Cox as well. So that's something we're just going to be monitoring over six months and you know into the future as well. So that's an area I'm really keen to see and to analyze a lot more. And it, I like the fact you said about them, the customers coming and searching for the products that have been featured the previous day, because I think that, that's, as I mentioned at the beginning, it's hard to justify social media just by looking at the traffic from each engine. You have to look at it in a more wholesome way. And which, you know, for, for people like me who, who are, you know, in love with the, with the accuracy of Google ads and email marketing, not to have that trackability is a little bit of a leap of faith sometimes, but, it, but you can show that link between the activity and the sales, if you're willing to go a little bit more um, imprecise, I suppose, with the, with the reporting. Yeah, I think that's a good good point, really. Yeah, it's not always about precision and always you know, just following the data because, you know, it may just put you off investing more in social media. So we are just looking at how customers are engaging with us via social media and obviously print catalogs as well. So, we you know, we send up to 3 million print catalogs a year and, you know, we don't really know the measurable impact of these catalogs as much as you do with kind of digital paid search spends. But certainly, you know, when we send the catalogs, we see spikes in traffic, we see promo code usage, and we can see engagement. So we are quite familiar with trying different marketing strategies and just going with our hunches quite often as well in terms of what works and what doesn't work. And I guess what, what feels like it would be right for the brand, because I have to admit, you know, anyone who's been onto the Cox & Cox website and seen the products and seen the photography, it would be insane if you didn't have an Instagram account, if that makes sense. It just seems so obvious that these are the sorts of things that should be being shared on Instagram because the audience would love it. It would kind of be crazy if you didn't. 
And um, you mentioned the, the catalogue there uh, as well as the social media. And do you see those two tools as um, as customer retention or as customer acquisition? So we see um, catalogue, um, it's, it's both really, catalogue is customer acquisition and customer retention. So um, we typically, when we send catalogues, we, we have like a, a pool of customers that we would say, these customers are customer acquisition, these customers are, are customer re- retention. And we also use promo codes on the catalogues that typically mirror to these groups. Um, but we, we are aware as well that customers can just get the catalogue and then use the promo code that they can find via an email or other channels. We just live with that, really. We don't really worry about that too much. But yeah, certainly we, we, we see it both, really. We see it as acquisition and retention. Um, we send nine catalogues a year, five spring, summer, four autumn, winter. Um, as soon as we send them, we see nice, nice big spikes come into the website in terms of traffic. And uh, hopefully as well, that will bring in the order volume as well. So yeah, we, we're just keen to invest more in terms of catalogs. We've actually, we do a lot of tests. We uh, send different size catalogs. So some catalogs can have 96 pages, some 116, some up to 144 pages. And we also send different formats as well. So we actually send uh, a bigger kind of catalog, which is maybe more of a, a kind of a, a lifestyle or a catalog you can put on your coffee table in terms of a, a typical catalogue as well. So, yeah, it's an, an area for us to test just as much as a website. Yeah, I think a lot a lot of people, because you can't, you know, as, as the consumer, as the person who signed up to find out what other people are doing in their marketing, you, you don't get the visibility of what tests are going on with catalogues. But there is a huge amount you can test in terms of, you know, paperweight, product density, um, whether you're going editorial style or chuck the, all, as many products as you can on a page style, all the different pricing, you know, size points based on the pricing with the with the Royal Mail as well. And it's it's a bit more complicated than doing an A-B split test on a welcome email welcome campaign, but it, it can be well worth it to find out what, what different customer demographics are responding to. Yeah, so the, the marketing team are, are always testing, yeah. Um, number of products on a page orders of pages moving products around they typically have spring summer where they you know set kind of catalog one catalog two catalog three so they have the layouts in mind but they're they're always testing i think as well it's just worth highlighting as well that we often just promote online features in the catalogs as well so most recent catalog we just had a little kind of banner or artwork promoting klarna they pay online with klarna we promote our trust pilot scores um online or sorry our online trust pilot scores via the catalog mention me referral program so we're always just looking to just promote online strategies into the catalog as well and we also use um, zmags as well for um, delivering kind of blog content and creative but we also use zmags where we put the uh, online catalog sorry we put the catalog online as well and it's interesting for me that when we put a catalog online unbelievably so you know we, we can see within a week or so, 70,000 page impressions just from the online catalog as well. So that's also a good way for us to promote, hopefully, more people coming to use the, the catalogs as well or, or sign up for catalogs. So, yeah, we're always just testing and trying. Testing and testing. It's the way of every e-commerce business, endless, endless testing. And then I was taking a look at the website before uh, before we did this recording, and I noticed and I think you're the first e-commerce site I've noticed this on. So maybe I'm being blind and everyone's doing it, but I don't think they are. So I have to ask you about it, which is you have a voice search option 
on the website. So rather than having to type in round mirror, someone can hit that button and say, round mirror and the uh, and the answer will come up what led you to decide to, to to test that on the on the site itself yeah it's actually um i've used clevu so i've got a good relationship with clevu and um it's one of their um their features they were just rolling out so um they said to me would i be interested in testing it because they know i like to test and analyze so i said yeah i'd be willing to uh, give this a go so we went live with it in um uh, early january and this yeah, unfortunately, we can't always tell the number of users who are using the voice search, but I think that, that data will come in the future. But for us, yeah, we just wanted to test it, really. And uh, it's a good talking point in the office to see uh, <laughs> as to, you know, how exciting it is as a feature. So I think it's just a feature I wanted to test, really. And let's see what it brings for us in the future. So, yeah, just always on the lookout for new, techni- new techniques, new features, new technologies and uh, yeah, I, it's quite an enjoyable product to test and get live. So we, we got that live again within half a day or so, half a day, a day's worth of testing and, uh, you know, just, just put it live and it's been there ever since. So, yeah, it's an interesting feature. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. And if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? Well, that's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your contact lists, send memorable emails, automate key messages and more way, way more. Whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster and it's free to get started. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O. Do you, like me, have a bit of a software tools habit? Well, I love a good tool and the impact it can have on my business. For me, a good tool is one that solves a problem we have, that can save me and my team time, that improves performance and where the price is 100% worth it. That's why I've always got an eye on the latest tools to appear on AppSumo. Not heard of it? AppSumo is a site where you can buy key software tools for your business once and own them forever. For example, we use a tool I bought from AppSumo in 2020 for $49 to schedule all our Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook posts. In fact, whilst creating and promoting this very episode, me and the team will have used at least 10 tools I've bought from AppSumo. I'm a big fan. So go on, check out what's on offer right now by going to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. That's ecmp.info slash A-P-P-S-U-M-O. And I bet you'll find a brilliant solution for at least one of your problems. Go to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. Fight fraud with intelligence. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, Ainsley, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So are you ready for these top tips? Of course. Excellent. So the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Um, I, I'm often reading um, SEO books just to in, in, enhance my knowledge of, of SEO. 
But again, really, I, I, I like to read up on the e-commerce platforms as well. So any book that kind of offers insight into um, e-commerce platforms and, the, you know, specifically if you look in Magento, try to read Magento documentation as much as possible. Okay. And then the traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? <laughs> I think um, for us, social media is an interesting channel. Um, we, I know we touched on it previously, but it's an area that doesn't really get as the press it deserves. But for us, really, it's a, a great way for us to really showcase our brand, showcase our products. And, uh, you know, the revenue is not always there with social media or it's not always kind of the same attribution as uh, other channels. But for us, it's a, a key area we like to just test and, and trial, really. So always on the lookout for new ideas and new features in terms of social media. Um, but if I was to say, really, our, our standout channel is probably SEO and also email marketing. So SEO is an area for us that we just continue to focus on, really. And I think we're just trying to add in more um, more copy and products, but certainly as well just to build more blog copy, really, to promote our brand and also promote our products. So I think that will be an area for us to, to focus on over the next six months and into 12 months. We also find that that fits in quite nicely with social media as well. So we did a campaign last year where we were uh, saying, what, what type of Christmas tree or what kind of Christmas style are you? So we promoted that via social media. We just built a page where you would say, you know, what type of bauble would you choose to use? And at the end of it, you had a theme. So I think there's a lot of ways that we can just engage people with social media and content and creative. Yeah, you can really get kind of a virtuous circle running between social media and blog content where you can get the your social media followers to give you the content for the blog that then you have a blog you can promote via social media and it's a really nice everyone feel gets a warm fuzzy feeling when it works because everyone's stock goes up a little bit okay the tool top tip maybe a collaboration tool a social media plugin a phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day i think for us really a business at cox and cox we're, we're a small team so um we've really take a lot in terms of communication and ownership so we just like to talk things through really and you know quite happy just to have you know short sharp two three minute phone conversations to, just to get things done to get people's minds focused on uh, the best way to proceed really and uh, as, as well we don't have to go through lengthy sign-off processes for um if we wanted to try new creative or new ideas so we just hold a call myself or we know head of marketing or if we needed to involve a ceo we just say right this is what we want to do let's do it so I, I think for us really we're just keen to promote communication via email or you know let's just pick up the phone let's just get on the phone or you know as we're now working out of the office we find that works well for us excellent okay and then the last one is the growth top tip if you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Um, I, I think for me, really, the number one tip is just to try to understand your customers. Um, so how, how are they going to be identifiable with your brand when they come to your site? You know, is your brand made aware to them, really? Understand the demographics of your brand. What devices are they using? Um, most retail websites, obviously, it's mobile, but just try to understand how users interact across devices as well. So we do that a lot at Cox and Cox. That you know, users fundamentally are using mobile, but they convert on desktop. So we're just trying to understand user journeys really in terms of buying 
heavier price point items of furniture. So I think for me, fundamental is to uh, understand your customers. I think I've just said it, I'd probably say this quite a lot, is to just test, test, test. If things work, try to improve to test it. If things don't work, just revisit your testing. I think there's no such thing as uh, you know a, a failure. It's, it's a learning. So I'm, I'm always keen just to test new strategies, SEO, social media, um, payment gateways, obviously that's much harder to test, but you know, but let's just always test things really and, and learn and analyze. Excellent. Ainsley, thank you so much for those top tips and everything else we've talked about today. I know you'll have given lots of the listeners some great ideas. But before we say goodbye, could you let them know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Okay. Um so um Cox and Cox is www.coxandcox.co.uk. Um Unfortunately, I'm not really active on Twitter, but if you wanted to make contact with me via LinkedIn, I would be very happy to um, share contact details. And obviously, please feel free to send me a message on LinkedIn as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm always keen to uh, share ideas. And I think I've always got a lot from speaking to other businesses um, in terms of uh, reference calls or just generally talking through and obviously attending e-commerce events, which unfortunately we can't do at present. But, you know, over time that will come back but i would always say you know just talk to people that's a good way of learning excellent okay thank you so much Ainsley, for being on the show it's been a pleasure catching up with you again and uh and hearing about what you what you're up to and uh we should we shall take that test 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 mantra away with us so uh so thanks Ainsley. Yeah, thank you chloe thank you for inviting me on and uh, i really appreciate that thank you So some some fascinating advice there on on the kind of larger scale e-commerce business on the homeware side of things because we don't talk as I said earlier we don't talk as much about that on the podcast as as we do some other product categories and I think a couple of the key things which pointed which which struck me there is I know there's a lot of you listening who are still on Magento One and trying trying to to um, decide what to do, whether to go to Magento Two or a Shopify or a Shopware or something else. And I just find it I find it quite quite mad to think um, when Ainsley says they moved to, to Magento Two three years ago. It's like, gosh, have we been dealing with this for that long? Um, kind of crazy. So that's three years of opportunity you've missed out on if you have just been hanging around on Magento One. So I would I would get on with moving and working out where you're moving to. So I know that's not the straight, most straightforward of decisions. Um, I think the level of passion or involvement Ainsley had there with those key partners he was talking about, so Klarna and Clavo and Ametria and Nosto, and how he's really gone about building strong relationships with those key suppliers and making sure they're picking the right one and then getting it up and running and delivering for them and constantly evaluating to see how the results go. I quite like his, his approach of happy to test anything and and getting that relationship with his suppliers that when they've got new things coming through they call him up to say would you mind giving this a go because it's it creates a whole level of relationship with your software providers if you're having that kind of relationship with them it gives you options for a lot of new things Um, and lots of marketing tips in there as well and of course i do love the test 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 because it's very closely aligned with my own keep optimizing To get your hands on the notes from today's show, including the top tips and links to what we've mentioned, head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. If you like this episode, then make sure you check out episode 262, where Mark Liddington from fashion retailer Needle and Thread also gets into how they've harnessed PR. 
Thank you for tuning in to this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their business. So please do tell the other e-commerce business owners you know, because I'd love to help them as well. I hope you have a great week. Keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.